Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, it's been a busy week, as it always is. You know, a lot going on in the world um, of finance and Catching sports. up from Thanksgiving. Sports, we had Clemson. No, we don't Clemson need to talk about won, sports. I don't you know, know what you're talking about. Pulled out the South Carolina game, <laughs> finally. Know. We needed some redemption after last yeah. year. I mean, so gosh. So for everybody listening, South Carolina lost to Clemson. Yeah, um, yeah. It wasn't a very impressive game. It wasn't. Either team it was wasn't, like, but you know, win's a win. So congratulations to the Tigers. Thank I'm a, you. I'm thank not you. a sore loser. We'll I'm, take it. I'm we'll on to women's it. basketball now, where we're ranked number one, so I'm... You Looking guys, for positives, it's you know? amazing how every year, fantastic. every year, yeah, your your women's basketball Dawn Staley is, is awesome, unbelievable. So yeah, and <clears throat> Charlie Charlie Munger passed, passed away. away. Yeah, yeah the uh, Brookshire Hathaway, um, kind of the co. I don't know if he was president of the company or whatever yeah. it was, but he helped you know Warren Buffett build that company yeah. from you know like six decades ago, where it used to be a textile company. And uh, now it's, you know, built into this conglomerate, you know, yep. that's just multi, multi-billion dollars. Yeah, 99 years old and Ro- Rosalind Carter passed away. I mean, you right. know, just what a great uh, giving family that, that was yeah. uh, or is yeah. still. With yeah, we're losing Carter. some icons, yeah. you know, <clears throat> of, the, of the world yeah. here. But uh, that happens every year. But it does. It does. Anyway, but uh, we have some interesting stuff to talk about, though, that... Um, that really is noteworthy. Um, you know, we're going to start off. One of the topics, John, is investment fads and why to avoid them. You know, we've the history is littered with all these fads that people jump into, and unfortunately, people don't recognize it's a fad till after it's over, and, mm-hmm. and we've had this huge drop. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some of those, and you know, how to identify them and avoid them. There's always fads. I mean, there, you know, there's things going on right now that people are are diving into. And then we're going to switch gears and talk a little bit about retirement. And this is an interesting discussion about um, why working longer or planning to work longer is a bad retirement plan. And we'll share some of the stats with you. But I don't know about, about you guys, you probably do a similar strategy when someone comes in and they're 45 years old and they say they want to work till 67 or 70 it's right. like well yeah that okay but what if you what if you want to retire at 65 or 62 so um you know planning on working later does not always work out that's right so, life happens so yes. you have to have a plan b so yep. um yeah that's that'll be a great topic um by the way i'm steve marbert i'm a certified financial planner and a dave ramsey smart investor pro with over 28 years experience in financial planning and investment advice and I'm John Travis. I have an MBA in finance, also uh, Dave Ramsey certified coach, and I've been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 32 years. And we're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Um, our podcast are up every Friday morning, and uh, yeah. We'd love to have you listen. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. Uh, that's where you can get the podcast. There's also the historical podcast. I always like going back and listening to the ones during the pandemic when it was so chaotic. And um, you can get glean some lessons from that time frame, um, you know, going through situations like we're now in the in the world. So podcasts historically are good. We also have a Facebook page, Money MD. I think I'm doing that this week, talking about the uh, Dave Ramsey FPU class. So um, check us out on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. And send us your questions. You can link to us there on our website, MoneyMD, um, and we'll talk about those questions right here on the show. Um, well, John, we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the IRS, and this is interesting. A couple of years ago, they they changed the um, standard deductions, um, and it made it very difficult to itemize. So 90% of taxpayers 
um, take a standard deduction today because it's so high. And, um, you know, they were knocked out of being able to itemize the deductions. I mean, right. for a married couple, it's in the $28,000 range. So, you know, if you don't have, um, you know, the if you're not able to itemize, as an example, when you when you give money to um, a nonprofit, it's not helping you on taxes. And that's not True. the reason why people necessarily give to nonprofits. But there are ways that you can help yourself with taxes, right? You can right. do a, a donor advice fund and bunch contributions in, um, you know, for multiple years to get over that standard deduction. If you're over 70 and a half, you can do a QCD, Qualified Charitable Distribution, out of your IRA account. So exactly. even if you're not itemizing, there are some ways that you can you know, stick it to Uncle Sam, which we all yeah. like to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah, but you're right. For most people, it's kind of a non-issue. And, yep. And you did, maybe, there's not a whole lot you can do there um, to get over that threshold uh, because that is a huge standard deduction. It there, is a big number. Almost 28000 for a married couple, um, something like that. So uh, anyway, almost 30000 I guess. It's yeah, and inflation for 2024, it'll be up in that, that air. Yeah, exactly. So good fact of the week. All right, and that leads us up here to our first topic and that is investment fads and why to avoid them. Um, very pretty recent article out of In Business. Um, but John, I mean, history is littered with investment fads which didn't end well. Um, you know, us human beings, I mean, we've always been prone to fads, fashions, manias, and investors are arguably, you know, the worst of the lot when it comes to those. I mean, throughout time, there have been examples of all kind of crazy investment manias um from railways to canals to the south sea stocks you know back in the i think that was like the 1800s maybe the dutch tulip bulbs (laughs) even before that and the you know irrationally the irrationality continues today um you know it, it always there's always speculative fads out there and we seem more prone to these frenzies than ever now i mean in recent years i mean we've had u.s technology stocks we've had cryptocurrencies non-fungible tokens you know which we're not hearing about you know that's right they in the last off. year or so it's amazing how fast they come and go um we've had these SPACs, which are special purpose acquisition companies which were really hot a couple of years ago um and then we had meme stocks remember mm-hmm. you know gamestop and yep. amc entertainment yep. and those stocks um so it's amazing how fast they come and go but you know and in a rare few rare cases i mean one person you know is the kind of the center of the excitement you know and i mean that was the case with kathy wood and this disruptive disruptive technology specialist arc investment fund that she she runs um and in 2020 you know her arc and innovation etf returned you know like 152 percent um, which was when the investment world set up, took notice, then suddenly her name was everywhere. Yeah. The wood mania, you know, took root, investors piled in. Um, and in 2021, you know, it fell by 23%, followed by 67% loss mm. last year. And that wiped out the two previous years of gains. And yeah. so it, it happens a lot. Yeah, and like we we saw with the ARK invest, investment, we see this in other things that are hot. I mean, people tend to pile into a fad after a big run-up, and they end up writing the fad down like they did in 2021 and 2022 with that investment. And uh, the herd piles in, you know, at the the peak excitement, they overpay horribly for it. And uh, history shows that when the fads plunge, uh, they have a lot more money invested than they had when they, you know, rose to stardom. So that means a lot of investors 
got in at the top. They bought, you know, high. Um, and, and so they lose a lot more than that was ever gained in the underlying investment fad. Um, so yeah, it's just, we see this time and time again. That's just one example of, it's just history is littered with them. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of deceiving because people, you know, they just look at the return and they think, well, that's been fabulous. But unfortunately the investors had a lot different experience because a lot more were in it whenever it headed down than Mm -hmm. there were when it went up. Right. So, you know, afterwards, I mean, they'll stick around hoping the stellar performance will return. Sometimes it does for a time. But frequently it doesn't. And, you know, these investors end up holding the bag while the market moves on to the next big fad. You know, the trick would be to find investments before they became popular, right? <laughs> yeah, know, but that's right. We know that's that would ne- be a trick. That is nearly impossible. <laughs> that would be a trick. You know, not many people tune into investments when they're doing poorly. Um, and it's easy enough to draw parallels between investment bubbles of the past and the more recent frenzies. I mean, for instance, you know, we once had the Nifty 50, you know, back in the, the, the 50s and 60s. It was 50 stocks you could buy and hold on Wall Street. They were the darlings that everybody loved back in the 1950s and 60s. And, but today it's technology titans such as Apple and NVIDIA, you know, Amazon, uh, Microsoft, Meta, Tesla. You know, I mean, that, that attracts the same type of attention and when the mania, mania takes hold, nobody is safe from getting sucked into that frenzy. Right or wrong, you know, it doesn't really come into it. I mean, either. I mean, it's worth noting that, you know, back, you know, centuries ago, the South Sea Company, um, Royal Monopoly, included trading slaves to, you know, Spanish and Portuguese empires. And that didn't stop investors from piling in back then. Yeah, and they say history doesn't repeat itself, but it it does in this case. I mean, you look back into the railway mania, the 1840s still resonates today. I mean, people thought railways would would change the world, and they did, but not without triggering um, a crash first. And the Industrial Revolution, you know, it created a, a rich British middle class who were willing to take a risk with spare money and because the interest rates were so low, um, sound familiar, kind of like where we are today yep. with a lot of the technology stocks. And, and railway companies made investing easy back then by issuing what we would now call um, call options. And it would allow an investor to buy shares with a 10% deposit with the balance to be paid later. And so when the Bank of England um, started raising interest rates in 1845, railway companies called those options in, and many investors were unable to pay and the bubble burst and the railway projects uh, were abandoned. So again, we just look back at history and um, you know the things we're seeing today, they're different securities and products and ideas, but they're still just as risky as ever. Kind of parallel, yeah, with crypto and yeah. AI yeah. and all this stuff oh, that's no doubt. out there. Um, yeah, I mean, the message, it really is simple overall. I mean, avoid the craze and, and the look to get rich, you know, look to get rich slowly instead of rich getting rich quick, right? I mean, taking into account how much you can afford to invest, your capacity for loss, your appetite for risk. I mean, yet humans are herd creatures and, you know, it's it's not easy to go against the crowd. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and professional investors can't afford to miss out either on the next big thing. Um, I mean, just a few years ago, I mean, it was all the rage to put like 5 or 10% of clients' money in our business, mm-hmm. you know, into cryptocurrencies. And, and then those positions lost 60% last year or more. 
Um, you know, not to mention the fraud that's been covered with exchanges like FTX yep, yep. that, you know, blew up last year. So, yeah, I mean, as an advisor, a manager, I mean, playing it safe, aiming to, to beat inflation won't get you rich or noticed. Um, and, you know, they justify piling into the fad in order to stay ahead of the pack. You know, they say serious investors need to identify an opportunity, get in early. You know, then the saying goes that, you know, that's where the fortunes are made. You've heard the advertisements, mm-hmm. you know, about that. Um, but it's also where they're lost. And so you got to keep it in perspective. Yeah, we see investors constantly hunting for the next uh, get rich quick opportunity. I mean, it could be an energy could be the metaverse, some kind of AI technology that's out there. And as long as money is cheap and, and plentiful, investors will bet on a new fad in the hope of stealing that first mover advantage. And there's also always a percentage of speculative money people are willing to throw to the wind. So until recently, money was cheap and plentiful, you know, really in the past decade, which has um, driven a lot of this recent investment mania. Now, interest rates are a lot higher now, so maybe that'll uh, curtail it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there are the apples out there of the world, but there's a thousand other ones that fail and exactly. it's a very, very small likelihood of hitting it early. That's right. And globalization has also driven speculation because investors around the world can pour money into virtually any asset anywhere in seconds now. I mean, the Internet has accelerated everything as online and app-based investing platforms open investing to anyone, you know, with a mobile phone. Yep. Um, You know, and while increasing access to investing should be applauded, it it has also kind of driven what Warren Buffett called speculative casino-like trading. Um, You know, investing is not gambling, or at least it shouldn't be, but, you know, too many trading apps can have failed at their duty to educate investors about the risk of doing a lot of buying and selling like that. Um, and this leaves it to the individual, you know, who should consider their own risk tolerance and build a diversified long-term portfolio rather than chasing hot assets. Um, you know, there's always something that's in that bubble territory and it's approaching the fad, you know, type mania. Um, it was real estate, you know, and cryptocurrencies just a couple years ago. Um, lots of tech stocks are in that area. Right now, certainly the AI boom mm-hmm. is, is driven some tech stocks into that area. Um, and as long as money remains relatively cheap and plentiful, you know, investors will bet on a new fad in hopes of, you know, stealing a fast mover advantage. But even when money becomes tighter, as it has in the past year, um, there's always still that speculative money that many investors are willing to gamble with. Yeah, and there's a lot of geopolitical realities these days. If you look at what's happening um, with Israel and Hamas and the uh, Russia war with your, Ukraine, that always has an impact. And, you know, the froth goes out of the market and the speculative assets usually get the hit hardest um, in some of these downtimes. And so you got to be careful and you know, we recommend avoiding the, the fluff of fads and fashions um, and look uh, in, invest in a well-diversified portfolio that's fundamentally strong, that res- has resilient companies inside of it. And, um, you know, look at solid value stocks. Uh, this is kind of what we do and what we believe. Um, value stocks are inherently are priced more uh, reasonable than growth or speculative stocks. And the historical research shows these value stocks are cheaper when you buy them and they actually return more over time on average. And uh, they don't have the risk of many of these high-flying growth companies. Now, 
Obviously, past performance doesn't guarantee future results, but the data shows us that buying inexpensive stocks has worked out very well historically. And so make sure you follow a prudent investment strategy based on this academic research, not speculation. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, I mean, history shows that nothing will stop investment manias um, and fads. They will happen time and again. So be careful not to get caught up in the hype and the hysteria of piling into these overpriced assets. You know, the trick is to avoid being taken in by the hype. And if you must, only risk a small fraction of your portfolio. Um, the downside is you you won't get, you know, huge outperformance from a diversified portfolio, but history proves that, you know, that's temporary anyway, and you want to avoid the huge downside risk. Diversification, as ever, it, as always, is the key. I mean, greed lies at the heart of every bout of these investment mania and fads, um, So as does the fear of missing out. So all too often, all you really will miss out on is the eventual disaster. Yep. Um, so don't be your own worst enemy when it comes to investing. Diversify, avoid the hype of fad investing. That's the moral of the story here. Yeah, good good conversation because we, we deal with this, gosh, not daily, uh, but weekly. Very <laughs> often. People sending us articles, should I invest in this? Should I do this? And Absolutely, and yeah. And there's a lot of risk out there. It certainly is, certainly is. So anyway, but that leads us up here to our question of the week. Um, I have an old 401k plans. I have several 401k plans from past jobs and I've done nothing with those. So what do you recommend I do with these past 401k plans? Um, John, that's a great question. Yeah. And we get that question often, as you know, um, I mean, you mentioned client just, I guess yesterday where you, you know, rolled over a bunch of 401k plans to yeah. consolidate them. And that is certainly what we recommend, regardless of whether you do it yourself or work with an advisor like us, um, you want to get those plans together. You don't want to leave them out there in, you know, a bunch of old plans and you only get a statement once a quarter, once a year. Maybe you get it online. Then you move a couple of times. If you don't update your address, you know, you don't get statements at all. And before long, you know, you can, you can lose track of those plans and they're certainly hard to manage. You typically don't have a lot of options in terms of how to invest it inside those old plans. Um, so our recommendation is to get those consolidated all together in one rollover IRA where you can get your arms around it, you can see it, you can manage it, yeah, and uh, yeah, get it all marched into the same drumbeat. Yeah, you also have beneficiaries on each one of those accounts, which can be different, and we see that. So right. um, yeah, consolidating it, whether you're working with a, an advisor or you're self-managing, uh, highly recommend typically just consolidating so it's in one place that uh, you can... Keep track of, quite frankly, because a lot of people do lose track of it. They do. And we see all the time that where they made a move, they maybe went to all cash, you know, whenever they got a little bit nervous and then they left it, right? Yeah. It just never yeah. gets put back into a proper allocation. Yeah. So um, you certainly want to uh, try to get those all together so you can manage it. Good, good question. And that leads up here to our next topic, and that is why working longer may be a bad retirement plan. Yeah, this is a recent article by Greg uh, Yakura. Um, and, you know, basically just looks into people's strategy on retirement. And so when we sit down with folks and we run retirement plans, they always give us a retirement age. And uh, what we see is there's typically a big gap in expectations versus the reality. And so Americans generally retire earlier than what they plan on. And that's due to factors that are typically beyond their control. Maybe it's poor health. 
uh, job loss. Um, we see um, sometimes, you know, you get into a situation and <clears throat> there's a, a change in management and they, they let people go. And so in 2022, the average expected retirement age was 66. And um, that was according to a Gallup poll. Um, but the actual retirement age was 62 on average. And so while these averages have varied somewhat over the years, they've been, there's been a consistent gap of four to five years between expected and actual retirement ages since 2002. So almost half, about 46% of retirees said they left the workforce force earlier than planned. Um, and you know that share has been similar the past couple of decades, usually between 40 and 50%. And, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people who aren't on track for retirement, maybe in their late 40s or early 50s, say, yeah, I'm going to you know, retire at 65 or maybe I'll work till age 70. And um, what the data shows us is that's not a good plan because they're likely not going to be able to work to age 70. And so you need to get busy, right? And you need to start hustling with it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's one thing to have a plan, but it's, it's, it's another thing to have, you know, a realistic, you know, one thing to have a goal, another thing to have a realistic plan yep. for what's likely to happen. And that's the difference, but delaying retirement by a few years can have a dramatic positive effect. Certainly, um, you know, people that delay retirement, they'll get, continue to get their regular paycheck, right? You don't have to live off of your savings. Meanwhile, you have extra time to save um, for your <clears throat> your uh, assets to grow as well. And then um, you also can likely delay claiming Social Security benefits and pensions, guaranteeing a higher monthly payout for the rest of your life. Of course, you know, retiring earlier than anticipate can also have the opposite effects. So you have to be prepared for both. Yeah, and this disproportionately uh, affects people who plan to retire in their early 60s and those who target Retirement age past 61 end up making it about as half as far as they expected. So again, if you plan on retiring at 69, you know, 64 or 65 is what the data says um, that you should really plan on and, and count on. So, you know, sometimes um, you're able to work longer, but if that is your retirement plan um, and you come up short, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a pretty, pretty situation. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, Social Security's full retirement age has gradually been pushed back to as late as 67 for anyone born in 1960 or later. And uh, Americans are living longer, meaning that they need to have more savings to fund their lifestyle in older age. Um, so you do get extra if you delay your Social Security. It goes up 7.5%, 8% per year by delaying it. You can delay it all the way to age 70. So it's a good thing if you can do it. Um the shift from pensions to 401k type plans is also a factor. I mean, pensions generally offer an incentive to start collecting at a certain age or delaying, um, but there's no such trigger that exists with 401k plans. Yeah. So early retirement, basically, um, you know, this four to five year um, uh, sooner retirement people are being forced into is because of unseen events. I mean, one third of workers um, expect to retire at age 70 or later. But when you look at the stats, only 6% of retirees said they actually did retire at age 70. So something happened and changed their, their, uh, their time when they, um, retired. So in 2023, 35% of people, um, who said they retired earlier than planned did so because of a hardship, like a health problem or disability. Another one, another 31% did due to changes at their company. So the key is, and these things aren't going to be, you're not going to be able to control them. And of course, a large share, about 35%, 
uh, also said they could afford to retire early, which is good. Um, and almost half of the retirees said they were able to stop working at about the time that they had planned. So uh, again, I mean, we see people coming in that can retire at age 60 very comfortably, um, but others that need to work till, you know, 65 or 70 even, but to plan for 70 and it is likely not going to happen. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, as you said, I mean, 31% that that uh, had changes due to their company that forced them to retire early. Um, actually, there's 56% of full-time workers in their early 50s got pushed out of their jobs due to circumstances like a layoff before they were ready to retire, um, according to a recent study. And, you know, that means that, that those folks either had to find another job, which is difficult to do when you're in your 50s, um, or had to retire earlier. And so that's a real possibility. I mean, you certainly can get get pushed out of the job. Um, a lot of companies have these incentives to kind of do that because yeah. those folks are making more money. Sometimes they're less productive. They're not up with technology. So they'd rather hire a newer worker, a younger person that yep. that can come in and pay less and, and be more productive in the beginning. Yeah. And if you're in your early 50s and you have an involuntary job separation, the the data shows that most people earn substantially less. They're not able to go out and find a new job um, paying the same amount. So um, the research shows after the Great Recession back in 2008, workers 50 to 61 uh, who lost their job were 20% less likely to be reemployed than workers in their 20s and 30s. So those age 62 or older back in that time frame were 50% less likely to have a new job. So you know, working longer in theory is a good option to shore up your retirement savings. But, you know, when you're preparing and planning, uh, that shouldn't be the only bet that you have. You need to you need to pull that date in a little bit, see what the income looks like. If it's not going to meet your, your retirement um, goal, then you need to, um, you know, save more. You need to get a, a part-time job. You need to figure out how you're going to enhance that retirement because counting on work until 67 or 70, that's not what the data says. Most people do. That's right. I mean, you need a plan B. You always need to have a plan B no yeah. matter what you're doing, right? And so, because things do happen, things change. So figure out what you're going to do if you had to retire earlier than you expected. Make sure you have a plan for that and how you'd handle it. And uh, maybe it's just part-time work, doing a gig, yeah, gig work that or works something. well. Absolutely. It, it can work really well, yeah. you know, and so just to kind of bridge the gap. So, but, but have a plan B because it really can happen. Um, lots of people are forced to retire a little bit earlier than they expect. So good topic. And that leads us up here to our final thing. And that is the prescription of the week. Yeah. So this is uh, getting into the New Year's resolution area. But um, gosh, if you're looking for some good financial um, coaching and just some information for you and your spouse, or if you're single or your kids or grandkids, Dave Ramsey has a great um, program. It's called Financial Peace University. You can go to DaveRamsey.com. Um, the, the course is seven weeks. You can do it independently, but it's better to go to a facility. Like there are a lot of churches that have that course, and you go there for seven weeks, and you're you're listening to Dave and his staff talk about it. There's questions and workbooks, and they help you with insurance and investments and budgeting and long-term care insurance and you know education, and it's just very very broad. So, uh, challenge to you if you're listening to this and you want some additional information. In this area, you can always obviously call us and talk to us, but also Dave Ramsey has a great course, Financial Peace University. So check that out. Yeah, that's a great, great prescription because it's certainly a great way to to get uh, an overall good, broad knowledge yeah, and a great. plan together. 
for uh, for your future. So, all right, and that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week for more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your week. Have a good one. Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. About a certain